Hello, and welcome to the first Pixel Hunt podcast episode of Series 2, or World 2, which is what we call it, deal with it. I'm Sol. Sega. I'm Mark. It's in the game. I'm Dan, and I'm mega excited for Series 2 of Pixel Hunt podcast. Mm. Nice. For any new listeners out there, did I did I just hear you ask, what are we all about? No. What are these buffoons going on about? Well, let me tell you. What we do here is analyse and deep dive games one letter and one system at a time. And this system, this series, this world, World 2, is Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis if you're from USA. But we don't do the classics here. We don't, don't, we don't uh, pick all the obvious ones. We might, uh, accidentally. Oh, we might do. Everyone knows the classics, but that's not what we're about here. We use a patented random selector, randomizer game picking system to hunt, a pixel hunt, if you will, for some of those uh, uncovered gems. Or, and if our previous series, which was the NES, if, if you're new to, to us here, you can go back and listen to series one. If it's patented, so you have to tell them how it works. So basically what it is, is it puts them in like a spreadsheet thing and gets Google to pick one at random, then puts his own voice through a funny machine, but that's patented. But it's not patented, so we don't have to tell them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> in that case, it's just a secret, but I'll let it out. So it's a bag. secret. Don't <laughs> listen to that previous 15 knows. seconds. Discard that, that moment. Yeah, you never heard that. So, you're, spo- you're spoiling the illusion. <laughs> you're letting daylight in on magic. You're peeking behind the curtain. But yeah, that's what we do. We pick a game at random from A to Z. The, if the previous series had anything to go by, we uncovered some turds as well. Oh, just some, a few. Uh, eight-bit turds. <clears throat> just a few. There were, a, there were a point in that last series, I think, where we got three quarters at way through, where every time that randomizer came up, we were about ready to sell farm. And I'm not talking about <laughs> selling farmland. Self-harm you, yeah. <laughs> Sullivan. So, so what we've got for this Series 2 World 2 is uh, some high, some better definition and better graphic turds, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So this, this first episode, as we did last series, is just a, a bit of a potted history of the Mega Drive because... Uh, myself and Daniel had a Mega Drive, but Mark was an Amiga kid, weren't you? I was, but obviously I played on so. your... In fact, I, I say I played on yours. I didn't. I watched you play it because I preferred to watch the Mega Drive than play it because... Uh, like a cook. I'll, I'll, you watched. Yeah. But so this is a bit of a potted history of the Mega Drive. So what is the Mega Drive then? What is the Genesis? Would you like me to tell you? Um, it's a band thing, no, it's where like Phil a, Collins like a newer, sung and played master system. drums. Oh, two conflicted no, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> that is Genesis. It's a, it's a Bible know, book. Son of mine. You know, son, you know, son of mine. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. You need some drums as well. There you go. So anyway, right, main section. For for those of all who are old enough to remember... Did you just remember, read out the words, main section? Yeah, main section. Good evening, grapple fans, and welcome to the main event between two stars. Hey, half breath, there's only one star here. My boy, Sonic. He's in the groove with fresh food. Button the driver mouth and check out my man, Knuckle. He climbed. Climbed. What's the wall? Okay, gentlemen, let's see some action. Take a look at that. Now take a look at this. Back Compatibility. And now a word from our sponsor. Sugar! For those of us who are old enough to remember, there was a time when it wasn't just Microsoft and Sony trading punches in the gaming ring. It wasn't even Microsoft and Sony. No. no. When when we were bands, it was very much Sega versus Nintendo. Service games versus Nintendo. Now it's quite commonplace to see Sega games on Nintendo platforms, but the very suggestion of that when we were kids, you'd have been laughed out of the playground or pushed off the bus or just but, spat out or punched at my school anyway. But everyone wanted it to happen though, didn't they? Everyone were like, when can, when can Mario and Sonic get together and have a big old Barney? And, and well, you can now, can't you, on Smash Brothers and that? Yeah, who would have thought it would have been an Olympic 
track and field type game that would have brought them together. <laughs> Is that the first place that they came together? Quite possibly. Uh, maybe. Might be. Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. Yeah, maybe. It could be said that the Mega Drive was the catalyst that drove forward that rivalry, pushing Nintendo to uh, to update its aging NES to update its aging with the SNES. I say update and aging. The Mega Drive debuted in 1988, October the 29th in Japan. Less than a year later, uh, it debuted in the States. So uh, there were quite a lot about of standard at the games time. that we played in that last world then, that on the NES, that were dreadful, by the way, that were, that, that Mega Drive was already out for then, certainly in Japan. Because there were quite a lot that well, we did that, were, that spanned that 88 to 91 period, weren't there? Well, well yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that, but you, so that, that just... It, the, the NES was it just gripped Japan, and it just gripped America, particularly. We had it a little bit here. We quite it was relatively popular, but um, but we didn't get the Mega Drive until September nineteen ninety, which I think I got for Christmas that year nineteen ninety. Yeah, I think you got one right away. You were you were right at the forefront of that. I think. Well, I, my friend Simon Nicolau, Games Masters Simon Nicolau, he first brought. It won't have been Meme Machines at the time, but he first bought CMVG, which had the Meme Machines section in it with uh, Tony, or was it Julian Rignall by that point? And they showed Revenge of the Shinobi in it. And he went and got an import Mega Drive when when, when he first could get his hands on one. So it was probably 88, 89 when he got one because it was a mega early. And it, mega, mega early, yeah. So me being a pal bar, because. Scary import scene. Uh, I waited until that Christmas, I think, Christmas 1990. But it's probably, we just touched on it there, it's probably worth giving some kind of background as to where Sega were in the market prior to the Mega Drive, prior to the Mega Drive coming out. In Japan, they'd release the the SG-1000 Marks 1, 2, and 3. Not you, Mark. Mark 1, 2, and 3, Mark. Mark. Right, and what were these? Yeah, Mark, yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, they released those subsequently between 81 and 85, and the Mark III actually ended up being redesigned as the master system for for the West, mm. for us guys and, and the States. So the, the master system oh, we got the was Americans. actually their third console. The Mark III. The Mark III. So, but the Mark I and two, the same Mark console, III. just like... No, no, they're just less, just, uh, yeah, not as powerful. Right, but... Lesser version. So every okay. everyone was in a slight improvement. And I'd like, they had an SG-1000 at Revival, didn't they? It's nice. But... Yeah, yeah. It, 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 right, but, but, what, there was some little rat game on it. You yeah, you played yeah, some sort of rat in some sewers. Wasn't yeah. it good? My, my cat brought a mouse uh, a rat back the other day, actually. The wife went mad. Was it in the kitchen? No, it what was were just you outside gonna do? the kitchen. Oh, right. okay. Uh, well, I went to put it in the garden bin, actually. And the wife said, you can't do that. Don't touch it. I said, what am I going to do? Shoot it into space? Set fire to it. I'm get rid of it somewhere. I'm not going to bury it. Bogger old tube and just... <laughs> yeah. Don't touch yeah. it. So it went in the garden bin. And then it, so it's gone on a journey to the uh, compost heaven anyway um so the the mark three was technically superior to the famicom by all accounts some more clever people who know all about microprocessors and stuff will will, will attest to that but it never gained more than five percent of the market share in japan because as we just said that's, they were gripped that's tiny isn't it even though it had more um hers purrs, it just still couldn't you know yeah, get a foot just in. couldn't get in Japan, they were gripped by by the Famicom, which is what the NES was called. For those who didn't listen to the World World One Series One, it's what the NES was called in Japan. And the US were gripped by the NES as well. And in the UK, we had the Master System that had been pumped out by Virgin, uh, Virgin Mastertronic as a distributor. They they gained a decent foothold with that. And we were still gripped by our Spectrums, Commodores, Amstrads, and Amiga and ST were just uh, over the horizon. So so. We never really bothered with the NES, even though we did have one, didn't we, Dan? 
Uh, and to make matters worse in Japan, to make matters worse for Sega at least, uh, Hudson Soft and NEC launched the PC Engine in 87 to go up against the Famicom. So Nintendo are getting attacked from all angles. Well, well, Hiroshi Yamuchi at that point, the, the president of Nintendo, so NEC. He said that like he was your mate. Yeah, well, Hiroshi, yeah, yeah. My, my, my old pal Hiroshi Yamuchi. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he could see that NEC invested roughly, I, I don't know if this had been adjusted for inflation, but invested roughly $3.7 billion what? into research and development. That's nearly as much as what? Sorry spent on track and trace. Even... even <laughs> Even yeah, so, <laughs> that they all gave to the mates. If if um even if that's even if that's been adjusted for inflation, that's still a ridiculous. That's still going to be in the hundreds of millions, surely. Yeah, and I would uh, be curious so, to know what Hiroshi Yamuchi saw that. What Sony and Microsoft are spending now? I bet in that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well. So, so President Nintendo saw that, which was at that point more than Nintendo's annual sales, and he thought, hey, oh. These these are my threat. These are my competitors, and just didn't consider Sega to be anywhere near them. And you wouldn't, would you? They just they had five percent of the market share. They were they just they were an arcade. They were an arcade company that had a little console, whereas Nintendo had this stranglehold. So Sega's main profit in the eighties were the arcades, Space Area, Hang On, what Golden Why, Axe, what? Oh, oh, the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hang on. <laughs> the strategy that Sega took, or at least the, the head of Sega, Hayoi Nakayuma. Yeah, you don't sound like you know him as well. <laughs> yeah, no, not close he's, to he's not my mate, although I do like his consoles. Uh, they angled themselves instead to be the first arcade home system. Which I think they did very well, because if I remember rightly, obviously, things like... Um, Altered Beast and Golden Axe and what have you on that machine, I remember thinking this is perfect. I don't know whether looking back they will be perfect, um, but I remember thinking they were perfect. Well, and it certainly won. Well, the, the, the a while before Nintendo seemed to catch that up anyway. With, I think they caught it up with Street well, Fighter. Well, specifically, I'd, yeah, well, yeah, they did. But specifically, I don't know if they share components, but they had their, at the point the System 16 hardware, which which powered Shinobi and Altered Beast, for example. Yeah. They figured, let's shrink that down and get it into into the homes. Well, that's good strategy, really, because the Holy Grail was always, as we saw when we were doing the NES, there were a lot of arcade parts that we ended up doing with the NES, and they were always chasing that Holy Grail at that time of bringing the arcade into your house, weren't they? So it was Absolutely, probably a good yeah. strategy for them to take that. First and foremost, superior arcade visuals if you will and and, and sound, audio yeah but also you can just easily have some ar- accurate arcade conversions can't you if the hardware is there well you mentioned you've mentioned um street fighter 2 already and i always thought the home of street fighter 2 was the super nintendo when it comes to home consoles but i only found out recently that the sega versions of it the genesis or mega drive versions of it shared the actual same sound chip that was on the um street fighter arcade boards really i don't know whether that's true or not but i'm sure i read that Uh, yeah apparently i mean it would make sense so the sound was almost perfect Mm. yeah when it when they compared it to the to the home console the sound was almost perfect to the arcade also again thinking forwards but looking backwards it were backwards compatible with the master system using that power base converter, which if you see it, it looks like someone shoved a hat on it. But basically, you can just put the master system game straight into it, and they'll just play. And managed to Is achieve that the Mega something master? that still to this day Nintendo have managed to not achieve. Yeah, <laughs> it was called the the power base converter. Oh, is it? Yeah. What am I thinking of? The but, Mega Master. Um, it sounds like a game show, but they'd also designed it future potential to, to use a mouse, a keyboard, a floppy disk drive, modems, graphics, tablets, printers, and get this bonkers, bonkers, crazy stuff. They also were considered the possibility of some time, at some point attaching a CD drive to it. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say Suntan then. They also had a USB-C drive on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is future-proof. Yeah, that is it. it. That's forward thinking. <laughs> but um, when it was launched, it was quite an understated one by all accounts and because it was overshadowed by the release of Super Mario Bros. 3 one week earlier. <laughs> so Nintendo it, again. So they saw it right as enough of a threat to smash him in the bollocks. Then didn't they? They didn't. Um, they... I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was calculated. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they just. Uh, they, if they, it was just sheer coincidence or whatever. But by all accounts, uh, Famitsu magazine and and rest of the magazine coverage, they they were quite positive about it. So people started to buy into it. In the first year, they shipped nearly half a million units. So, I mean, I don't know what that is. I've not looked up what that's comparison, but I mean, who knows? It might be 6% of the market share. <laughs> half a million sounds decent for a first year, doesn't it? I don't know. I'd say so if Nintendo's gripped. If it's Nintendo's got it, sorry, it's chokehold on the, on the gamers, yeah. But Sega then turned their attention to the West, to us poor saps. Like we said earlier, Nintendo seemed unstoppable because their tactics ensured it stayed that way. The stores were bullied into not stocking Sega products. Developers were tied to exclusivity contracts for Nintendo only and stuff like that. But people like to hit the big band, don't they? They've, like to see people know, get toppled Nintendo from Nintendo have done some pretty bully boy tactics, haven't they, over the, over the years and have been responsible. As much as they've been responsible for innovating, I do wonder to a certain extent how much they've actually kicked away that we could have seen by bullying things out of way so, and stifled a market as much as innovated in it. Well, the, the um, PlayStation came from the CD add-on for the yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo, didn't it? So yeah, and well, they did yeah, them so over, didn't they? Yeah. So, also, also the um, I was watching something on YouTube about the EA Sports cartridges. Yes. Uh, so the Electronic Arts cartridges, you know, with the yellow tab on. Yes. That didn't want um, they didn't want to buy into that restrictive control that Nintendo had, which is why they went to Sega, right? Um, and they asked them for something. Um, what was it now? I think they basically challenged them to backwards engineer their cartridges. Uh, so they went, all right, we will. <laughs> and did. Developers such as Namco and EA started to see the Mega Drive not necessarily as an alternative to topple Nintendo, but more as, as a, a profitable alternative. I was going to say, a more creative outlet where they weren't getting as uh, slapped around effectively. Yeah, where they could make some money, yeah. Mm. Sega really paid a, they hit paid a really with Sonic. So this the uh, Tom Kalinske. What Sonic quite a while we, after it was, was out though. Uh yeah, about a year and a half. Oh, so going by Japan's initial release. It were closer than I thought then. So by the time it launched in the UK was Sonic already kind of with it? No, it wasn't. Because I, I, I seem actually, to remember I don't know. Cuz I seem to remember there was this all oh, finally um finally Sega's found their Mario kind of crap. You know, because it didn't have a, an identifiable character. Well, this is it. Tom Tom Kalinske, who was the CEO of Sega of America. Uh, Tom Kalinske, first month, he's, do you, are you going to mention his backstory, his history, where he came from? How he worked at Mattel and basically revitalized Barbie and invented He-Man. Yeah, he's, he's the He-Man and guy, that's, isn't that's he? Where, that's, why, that's, why, yeah, that's when Sega went, we'll have him, please. Yeah. Because he's well, got some chops, I think, is, is the phrase you use, Mark. <laughs> he's, got, he's got chops and sausages. <laughs> it's a full-on butcher. <laughs> he is. But after his, after, after, <laughs> after his first month as CEO, he, he basically, and this is a direct quote, you have to get rid of Altered Beast. That was bundled at the time. You have to get rid of Altered Beast. It sounds like devil worship. And he replaced it with Sonic. And he brought the price down to $149. Uh, Sega of Japan disagreed, but the base, they, they hired him to make these decisions yeah. for Europe and America. So they went, well, all right, okay. And they annihilated the TurboGrafx-16, which was a PC engine. In the, uh, and it was doing well against the NES. And in the gap that people would 
were waiting for the Super Nintendo to pick up the Mega Drive instead. Because the price point, was it low enough for him to kind of take a punt on it anyway, I guess? Well, and Sonic. And obviously it was the Sonic, Sonic really, thing. that, you know, he... he he did if his you think job about then, back it? to those nineties, very much, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you think back to those nineties, that like everything was bro, dude, and 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 Sonic was cool, and Mario, even even when the PlayStation came about, it was still, it still kind of sat that Nintendo was for kids, wasn't it? Mm, even though the games were out of support. Well, whereas, <laughs> but the Mega Drive was out earlier, priced cheaply, it had more mature software. It was advertised on late night adult telly and it was ag- aggressively marketed to be that cool alternative to the to Nintendo to the NES and the SNES. And that was you all know? that was all done by Tom Kalinske. He, he said, yeah. Look, let's let's go for the bigger brothers. Let's don't go for the kids who play the NES. Go for the bigger brothers. You get the bigger brothers playing them and then the little kids play will follow by, suit. Yeah, Look, I wanna do my big brothers. Yeah. So they, that's why the that's why the advertising was so much more adult. And they go right. Well, when they grow up and the little kids always want to do what the big brothers do, we'll just rope them in. We'll get them that way. And I and guess to a certain there's, degree there's, there's as well, footage from, uh, there'll be a lot of a lot of those those people that had had a Nintendo for years that now weren't little kids anymore. You know, so I think that that yeah. was a good strategy, wasn't it? I mean, it's probably difficult for those who didn't live through it, but but Sonic who who didn't live through those times, <laughs> but Sonic was cool. <laughs> you weren't there, man. <laughs> It wasn't just that. I mean, it was it was fast. You'd I don't think you'd ever seen anything yeah. that fast that was smooth. Because I mean, it's not just the speed. It is quite a smooth. It's fast and it's smooth. It's mental when you're watching that and not playing it. You get seasick. You know. So well, it was it was designed around the pro- the idea of a roller coaster, wasn't it? That's that's what they went with. The, they took that and go, what's exciting? What's fun? Americans love roller coasters. Let's have something fast mm. that's on a roller coaster, roller coaster style kind of stages. And obviously, you know what's not fast, but it's like a roller coaster, what? roller coaster tycoon. I've got to say, what that one that crashed at Allen Towers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. roller coaster tycoon is good though because you can you can set the roller coaster off with people on it without an without a completed track and they'll fly off and then they'll explode. Oh, a bit more well, like Colin like Towers. Colin Towers. Um, <laughs> do we do you remember Sorry to cut in um, regarding Sonic yeah. as well, which still persists to this day. I think it's the first game I remember of where the the kind of life thing you know with the rings. You could cut if you were good enough at it. You never really needed to die. You know, it it wasn't oh you're dead now you go back there. You know, you know you could keep on pushing forward as long as you had some rings, couldn't you? And collecting more rings. Yeah. Um, and that game mechanism, I don't don't remember anything doing that beforehand. And then that's something. No, it was kind of a cheeky Im- implementation of an energy bar, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but but better. It, in a, in a... Yeah. Yeah, but better. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. noise though when he drops them all. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and so it constantly oh, the, had oh, the noise. Yeah, it constantly had that kind of risk reward pang to your brain, constantly like that, almost like that that druggy addictive ding ding ding, constantly getting rewarded like burnout did. You know when you were constantly getting boost and smashing into things. And yeah. you know Sonic does that really well of just you've constantly just drip fed little rewards all the way through. So it makes the game quite addictive. It's clever. And there's that great face when he when you have got no rings and he gets hit and his eyes wide open. And as a, as a child, the most stressful thing in my life up to that point was running out of air on the underwater levels. That's stress. That was awful. You've ne- you've not known stress like it. <laughs> Just finally on that cool alternative, we all remember Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> As a marketing byline, that's just they were just going at them. They were like poking the bear, good, saying, eh, 
yeah, going you aggressively for, for them, which I don't think... It makes you wonder what Nintendo thought about that because the dads, they were they were sat on their perch. They were sat the, in their castle. They just had it all, didn't they? And they were like, oh, who's this? Who's this plucky upstart? Yeah. And I guess it's not culturally. I guess that's that's probably frowned upon in the likes of Japan where, where it's all about honour. Yeah, and I think um, that's why it was a good stroke getting <laughs> the American guy to come in and do the marketing because no Japanese marketeer would have ever done it. No Japanese well, marketeer well, would have obviously. ever basically gone, ah, fuck you, Nintendo, you shit bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they just yeah. would have done it, wouldn't they? <laughs> it's just cultural differences, isn't it? Which yeah. is why by... Um, by 92, Sega have 55% of market control in the States. Wow. That's crazy. About, up from about 8%. And what 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 also helped them reach that was another big tipping point was Mortal Kombat. Mm. So on the Mega Drive, it had blood, fatalities, all the violence that kids love and pearl-clutching parents don't. To, to jump into Mortal <laughs> Kombat, the, also the new film seems to have all that. Have you seen the, seen the trailer for it? It looks amazing. No. We thought they were um, hardcore, violent games back then in in early nineties, and now you look at look at the state of them now. I know you basically yeah. Terminator There's basically like bombs Robocop, rips out his bowel, eats it, feeds it to uh, yeah. a scorpion who shits it out, and then throws it into Sub Zero's face. I'm paraphrasing in a way what happens, but it's like that. But I think you're probably not far off. Gonna, we're going to shit Doesn't... our shit, make you eat our shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Up your shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't, on that trailer, doesn't Sub-Zero freeze someone's blood and use it as a knife to then kill yeah. them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. But, it, but anyway. All, all, all you got in 1991 or whatever was just a few splats of red. Yeah. yeah when oh my God, I don't believe it's so violent. <laughs> Well, it is bad. To be fair, they did they pulled someone's spine out, but the Super Nintendo went went safe, and as a result, it sold less. Uh, the Mega Drive outsold the Super Nintendo version three or four to one. Ooh. So they had that sewn up as well. Like I said, fifty five percent market control. Sega wins. <laughs> they had they had some good marketing. I remember all the market stuff to be this good takes ages. Yeah, and all then that it was, that was stuck yeah. in my head. Yeah. Do you remember here in the UK? But before we move on to peripherals, do you remember here in the UK? And I'll put a link in the show notes to it. The advert, which was like a cool guy in a barber's chair who lived in like a truck. It was the advert. It was always on at the cinema. And he'd have like a high fade, short back and sides, early 90s haircut. He'd be spinning around looking cool. Oh, it's getting posh now and showing us a, a stream. <coughs> Hang on. Yeah. Hey, you. I don't remember this at all. Now, sir, give me the cyber razor cut. You get a cyber razor cut. <laughs> <laughs> the prodigy music. Style. Yeah, I'm gonna say like ten bob prodigy. Got that Terminator Two rip off yeah. where he goes into his arm, making a super gamer. There are over a hundred Mega Drive games. Always freaked me out watching people use a controller like that with the fingers, but not holding it, not holding the controller, just with the fingers on yeah. top of it. What's wrong with him? Freaks. <laughs> to be the, um, yeah. to be this good takes over. Yeah. Hundred twenty nine pounds and ninety nine pence. That- that seems what cheap. What year was that? 100, 130 quid in what year? 92, it says there. It says 92 on 92. that video. I, that seems, even then, that seems cheap. Now. What's that in today's money? Probably the same as a, probably same as a PS4, now. isn't it, now, anyway? That is £275. Yeah, so even... So about switch price point, then. Yeah. Switch price, yeah. It's decent value, isn't it, then? Yeah. Some people might argue it's more powerful than a Switch. <laughs> right. Peripherals. Strap on your peripherals. So NEC had already released a CD add-on for their PC engine in Japan. Had they? And Nintendo. Had... Yeah, yeah, you can get it. Um, yeah, PC engine, PC CD-ROM. Mm. PC engine CD-ROM. And it fits into what they call the briefcase. So it all fits into like one little package, which is where you get off tangent but that's where you get like the proper R-type on PC Engine for example right. is split over two cards okay 
you get the full thing on CD. Rondo of Blood, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, all that kind of business. But and and Nintendo had partnered with Sony for an add-on that we all know how that turned out. You had Commodore CDTV, Philips CDI. So it was the trend, wasn't it? Everything was on trend. Everything, even everybody loved Microsoft and Carter. <laughs> <laughs> starring, starring Michael Caine, I think. I know that, that's Get Carter. Uh, so Sega thought they'd jump on with the Mega CD or the Sega CD in the States. Hey, you still don't have a Sega CD? What are you waiting for, Nintendo to make one? You have seen the games, right? Wrong answer, man. Show them. <laughs> Want to see more? <laughs> Due to the small Mega Drive user base in Japan and Sega being slow to release the dev kit and the high price and only two games at launch, it never never took off. It sold 100,000 units in the first year. So considering you had 400,000 Mega Drives in the first year and it, it, I guess not everyone's going to buy a Mega CD, but I'd say 100,000 units in the first year is quite low. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly only one of our mates had one, didn't they? You didn't have one, did you? No, Simon, Games Masters, Games Masters Simon Nicolau had yes, one, and I can remember one. being absolutely blown away by... He had it pumped through stereo, he had a Sony Trinitron, because that's where you needed that, it, it, no borders for your NTSC, and he had Solface, or Solface, which looks like Solfaces, <laughs> if you don't spell it right, and um, possibly Road Avenger as well. And just, whilst they weren't graphically brilliant, just the sound that came off those CDs, mm. pumping through a stereo, like super At graphics. the time. Yeah, you were blown away. What did what did I have? An Amstrad? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, remember, I remember going What's up to his this? house and you going, you need to see this, you need to see this. And going, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I remember we had someone that come in the pub lent me one as well, years later, after that, presumably. And I remember playing Road Avenger a lot and loving it because I'm mad about cars. So to play a game where you've got some car with a big, supercharged on it and you're just blasting people it was like playing an anime it was great loved it the only one I remember of it was that um, that creepy rapey burglar game <laughs> night trap yeah, trap yeah yeah like fucking <laughs> rapist stalker too or whatever <laughs> if, if, if you've if you've watched any of the Netflix um, show High Score one of the episodes is about night trap <laughs> and how the bloke who actually came up with the idea the concept he wanted proper aliens and stuff but then they cut down all the budget so they just had people like dressed in black bin bags and stuff <laughs> just walking through and made it a proper low budget and stripped it all out um but it's it's nothing like what i think the the person who thought of it intended it to be I expected it to be <laughs> yeah well, it's just had a recent re-release hasn't it on on various platforms you can get it for the switch now can't you night trap no yeah. way yeah yeah, they should stick the, to releasing The thing is, uh, as I think, so Night Trap was released 1992, so I'd have been. So again, these are all still from a from a point of view of it being launched in the UK. These all these things are relatively early into its life cycle, then, aren't they? So for us, a lot of stuff got spaffed in your face very quickly, didn't it? You know, I, mean, I know they'd had it since 1988, but if we got it in 1991, that means in 1991, well, there's Sonic, have a bit of that. There's a CD thing, have a bit of that. There's some um, rapey porn, have a bit of that. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, Well, like, as a 15, 16-year-old, it, it, it's absolutely what you wanted to see in it. Look at these girls in, in the 90s. Look, you know, it, it gets for that prepubescent or pubescent adolescent... Have you seen it? Have you seen it? You can sneak it. You can sneak and terrify all these scantily clad <laughs> You press this women. button, you can actually smell them inge. But yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just looking while you've been chatting there. I'm looking at the list of games that came out for the Sega CD. There's more than I remember. But one of them that caught my eye was Captain Tsubasa. T-S-U-B-A-S-A, Tsubasa. I think it's a an anime or a manga, rather. Uh, 
that's released in Japan, and it's a football game that plays like, well, it looks like um, Final Fantasy. You, you see in little motions, oh, wow. little FMVs, and then the play stops, and it's all in Japanese, so I've got no idea what's going on. But they're picking something off menus, like, I don't know, tackle or shoot or pass or whatever. <laughs> that, looks, that looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, it looks quite cool. Well, this is the guy that does not like games where you have to go through menus. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't like. No, I don't like turn-based stuff. But this is a different slant on a football game, isn't it? So you know, it's got some novelty. That's released there, September the thirtieth, ninety-four by Tecmo, Tecmo, Tecmo. Isn't that kind of how American football RPG works? RPG sports. They all stand there and then they decide what they're going to do, and then one person does it, and then they all stop and decide what they're going to do again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As a result of them being slow to release a dev kit, they were also slow to get it out to their US teams, which meant they too were slight at the blocks. So initial reviews in 92 apparently were, were really positive, but by 95, it was lukewarm responses all around. Uh, Game, GamePro magazine went on to say, um, the Sega CD could have been an upgrade, but it's essentially a big memory device with CD sound. And the problem was threefold. The device was expensive, at $299. Jesus Christ. So it's, $300. So it's twice as much as the actual machine the was originally. Yeah. Yep. It arrived late in the 16-bit life cycle. So 92, I guess you could argue, I guess four years after this had come out in Japan, after the Mega Drive had come out in Japan. And yeah, what do, you, what, do you, what do you class as the next step then? It'll be Sonic. 32. Uh, 1994. But when 94 was, was PlayStation. Saturn and PlayStation, so yeah. yeah. So it was tail end. and so This was a very short generation then, really, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And what they, in hindsight, they Sega CD marked the first of several Sega systems that saw very poor support, something that devalued the once popular Sega brand in the eyes of consumers and something that would ultimately lead to the company's demise as a hardware maker. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it was so much that. I think it was that the PlayStation came out and blew everything out of the water. Well, I don't and know then because... When the Dreamcast came along, well, no there one wanted one that because PlayStation 2. One final thing that we'll come on to now then that kind of did for it, which turned into a bit of a tussle between Sega of the US and Sega of America and Japan, was, do you remember the 32X? Yes. I do. Machine has appeared in homes across America. Double and redouble his power. 32X. Six times more powerful than 3DO. All right, baby. 40 times more than Super NES. Hey, yo, there is no 32-bit Super NES. Are we going to see the games or what? Show me! Thank you. Towards the end of the machine's lifespan, Sega of America and Sega of Japan were at loggerheads of like where to go next. And Japan were keen to pivot to the next generation, that being the Saturn. But Tom Kalinske was well. The, the Genesis is still selling really well over here in the West. I, I don't. I don't want to give it up. You know, we're still selling loads. Why would we stop? Yeah. Whereas Japan were like, now look, we've got this Saturn coming up, so they could kind of see where it were going. But you can also see Tom Kalinske's argument is that well, what what why 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 do you want to stop? <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the profits still being made. Yeah, I mean, Saturn so, was so the, were... the first console I ever got. That was the that was the console that broke me away from uh, from computers, effectively. A computer. Computers, yeah. Well, the thirty two X add on like acted as a stopgap between mm. the Genesis having to, well, yeah, the Genesis in the states going, well, petering out really, and again. That... That 32X was supposed to be an answer to the Jaguar, wasn't it? So the Atari had come out with the Jaguar and Sega were like, well, we need something now. Mm. And they wanted to, the America, so Sega of America wanted to fire that 32X out, whereas, like you said, the Japanese wanted to go with the Genesis, but they could do the 32X much quicker than they could with the Saturn. Mm. Yeah, well, and look how the, look how the Jaguar turned out. Yeah, but out. the thing is, the Jaguar were good. But, like, again... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Having a good, having a good, which is very interesting. Again, looping back to bringing it up to modern day, really. Look how the Xbox um, Series X has come out with no games. Mm. Whereas if you came out with no games back then, and that's kind of what did the Jaguar, it's like you can have as, as much good hardware as you want. 3DO, for example, decent hardware. No games. But if you've not really got yeah. the games to play for it, or you can't get a foothold yeah. into Gex that, Star Wars, which that was, was it, into that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, if you can't get in, you've had it. But uh, apparently the 32X, like the Mega CD before it, initially popular. And Sega couldn't actually keep up with supplies. It was that popular. Uh, and it reviewed well, but interest soon waned on it as well. Combination of poor timing, Saturn being around the corner, and apparently a critically shallow game library just did for it. So with with that and the Saturn, it's pretty much the death knell of the Mega Drive, really. Time it holds on. It holds a, a big place in my heart, though. That's, I think... That it's more my generation. This as a, as a kid, yes, I had a NES, but it's this is more my era. I remember playing on the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo a hell of a lot more than I remember the NES. Yeah, me too. Well, like I said, this was the first console I think that I paid any real attention to. Not because I had one, because you had one. So it was such a step up. For I mean, you you had the Amiga. Yeah. So you'd kind of dipped your... Well, you had dipped your toe in that 16-bit. Yeah, I'd, you, I'd you been had. in front of it for a while, hadn't I? So so th- this was the thing. And, um, I th- that was the machine that made me go, oh, wow. You know, so... Because up until that point, you always had that arrogance, like I still do have now, because I'm a PC gamer. <laughs> People go, look at this. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> fucking saw it two years ago, pal. You know, and it was the same, really, when you were an Amiga player and people were showing you stuff on NES or whatever. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and, and really, the Mega Drive was the first the first thing I saw where it was like, shit, this is quite significantly better than what I've got. Even games that reviewed averagely, if that's a word, stuff like... Uh, Forgotten Worlds, Alex Kidd, uh, E-Swap, you know, Shadow Dancer, all these early average games still seemed worth investing in, still seemed head and shoulders above anything else. I, I mean, everyone's were... going to point and laugh. Coming from an hamster. Yeah. <laughs> you had an hamster. <laughs> no, even, even, you know, but, but coming from, like, like, even if you had a Spectrum, which was probably the most popular in the UK of all the home computers, you can't deny that it's such a massive step up. Right, yeah. It still yeah. seemed overworldly. And Golden Axe, for example, it really did seem like playing arcade perfect conversion. Yeah, it definitely did. Definitely did. Golden, like I say, Golden Axe and Alter Beast, they they did feel that it, they were indistinguishable at the time. They're probably not now if you put them side by side, but when you were wise from your grave yeah when you were 15 years <laughs> old though you know then they were so oh god yeah and the pad it had three buttons <laughs> you know you'd never see you know the, the joysticks we had at we had at, uh, at home on our 8 bits and 16 bit computers one button to jump sometimes you had to press up to jump because your fire button was fire you know or space yeah. <laughs> no enough that you had a joystick you have to lean forward and tap space as well so you had wow a b and c you just the and the i mean we've not particularly touched on it have we the the, the controller the kidney shaped controller but it, the japanese one had six buttons didn't it I think the later release oh, the, six the Saturn one, one definitely did. Street Fighter Two came in demand. Street yeah, Saturn did, didn't it? Yeah. But, um, and you got it was a comfy um, little thing to hold, the, though. Yeah, and you got the um, that joystick as well, the arcade joystick as well, that was a proper solid, heavy. If you look back on the Mega Drive, I think it's. Probably why it was so popular is it was a console for everyone. You had your fantastic arcade, arcade conversions that we've not touched on, so like Gulls and Ghosts, Strider, Truxton. Strider. Yeah, Strider was shit hot on it, Hell, wasn't it? That were really yeah. good on it. Hellfire. Oh, it's not Flicky. Is it? <laughs> 
I mean, it's not. Uh, you've got Strider PCB, haven't you? So yeah, putting it alongside it now, but it really felt like it. Mm. Big sprites, bright colours, great yeah. music, ghouls and ghosts as well. It just, it was, it they just really brought on that arcade, that arcade feel. You for your different gamer classes, if you like, you've got your died in the wool hardcore gamers. So they had Revenge of the Shinobi, uh, Streets of Rage series. Gunstar Heroes, which is one of my favourites from Treasure. Gynoog, or Gynoog, however. I love that, De- yeah. Devil Crash, you know, the pinball game that I've got for PC Engine. Do you, you know, remember that... Do you remember? Obviously, I'd have been a kid, so I didn't have tons of money, but there was a magazine, it might have been something like CMVG, and there was a bit at the back that would advertise if you sent them a fiver and a game in the post... I'm sure it was a five and a game in the post. And he wrote on, on a piece of paper three different choices of the game that you wanted to swap it for. They'd send you one back in the jiffy. <laughs> really? in the jiffy. Yeah. Because I got... Um, really I think quickly I, or in a, or in, in a padded in envelope? Both. And there was... Um, I sent off... I think it was Echo. Maybe I got tired of Echo because I had no idea what I was doing and sent it off. And you were like, you want to get Wonder Boy in Monsterland or something? I wanted the Wonder Boys anyway. And sent off for it. And it came back and it was the wrong Wonder Boy. And you were like, no, that's the crap one. You don't want that one. But I played it anyway because <laughs> it was fun. But um, yeah, it was, it was. I don't know how many of those um, companies existed, but I have distinct memories of shipping off games in jiffy bags and then with a fiver and something back but I, mean, I never knew which one i was going to get it was exciting yeah that's good then eh? i didn't know you'd, I, I can't remember you doing that yeah but they, they, they i mean this was kind of the, the 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 rise of um the import scene as well so your companies like special reserve and um console concepts that that just adorn those massive two two page spreads in these magazines where you were like, look at all these games. You'd never seen it before. And and you saw like the likes of Microbyte that we had it in Wakefield, Japanese games on the on the shelf. Mm. Oh, wow. And they seemed exotic. So so it, it also appealed to those like hardcore imp- import collectors as well who were after the likes of Musher Alest and Battlemania and um Ranger X and Things came out in Japan first, and they had cooler boxes. <laughs> so you you buy you buy a converter. I've I've got I don't know whose it was originally, whether it was mine or our Daniel's, but I've still got the honeybee, honeybee, uh, the golden honeybee one. converter. Yeah, down here in yeah. this drawer, because so you could just play Japanese games on your pal, even though it was really slow. I can remember Simon Nicola, Games Master Simon Nicola, coming around and say, "You play it," and he. And he actually laughed and snotted through his nose <laughs> in in, de- in derision at how slow my pal Mega Drive was running. He's like, why have you seen it? Look at the borders and everything. He was disgusted, quite rightly now looking back. But, you know, what did you pay? Your parents bought you this stuff. The world of import, it was scary. You didn't, you didn't do it. You're like, what? you're talking about step-down converters or, or wrong power supplies or, you know, you couldn't buy RPGs from Japan because you couldn't read them. <laughs> you didn't have Google Translate on your phone then, did you? You just look at it going. Like, to, you just look to at be the fair, menu, after but, um, what we'd Google Translate for last time, I don't think it had developed for Turkey. I tried that. I did try it, you know, because... <laughs> I bought that um, Super Famicom from Chris Parsons and he gave me with it um, Puyo Puyo and Dragon Quest, I think. <laughs> I tried playing Dragon Quest now. I have no idea what's going on. So I held Google, uh, the Google Translate up in that live mode where it can do it on the fly and yeah. it chewed through <laughs> chewed through my battery in no time and I had no idea what was going on. So it's gone back in the, sh- in the cupboard. They... they- but yeah, but everything ran faster, didn't it? Everything ran at 60 hertz. So you were like, oh. And to the point where I'd played a, Nintendo, like, but I played Super Mario Brothers on my pal NES that much that when you first got emulation and you fired up like Nesticle or whatever and played, I couldn't play it. I was missing all jumps because I was, you I used was to not it trained at a to speed. play it at that speed. Yeah, yeah. So what's going off? 
So yeah, so it covered your 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 hardcore importers and your collectors who were still now you go to Revival or any of the retro gamer markets and there's still a massive, massive uh, audience for that kind of stuff, collectors and, and they look cool. They look cool on your shelf in proper VHS size but not boring CD cases, like proper chunky, nice artwork, Japanese text up the spine. That's not a euphemism. <laughs> they just they just look great. They just look nice collector's items. Uh, but I guess also you had uh, the teenagers, didn't you? The teenage market, the early 20s market that we've already mentioned that, that were being catered for by the likes of, well, Mortal Kombat, like we said. Uh, John Madden. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, never, yeah. You know, you know, sports games, FIFA. FIFA made its debut, didn't it, on the Mega Drive? All golf, these, PGA, Tour Golf and, did as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I can remember playing John Madden. It was like, it, what did you have before? You'd had 10-yard fight or like really shitty uh, American football attempts at American well, football. I, I remember it whatever. as well because you were going, and, you need, you, again, you need to look at this, you need to look at this. And I'm like, American football, are you fucking sure? And then you put it on and it were like, <laughs> not only was it fun to watch and play, it also taught me that American football wasn't as shit as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, because you had, you had all your different players yeah, and they were yeah, deep yeah. and it even, and, and, and it, and it was fast enough as well to not feel, like you say, a lot of big criticism of American football is, well, they just stop and start all the time. Yeah. Madden, it didn't feel like you were stopping and starting on Madden. Yeah, it was good, around it? Picking that yeah, play, yeah. here we go. Phew. Well, yeah, we're good, yeah. And it's still I, going now. And I imagine I imagine none of us in the UK, or rather few of us in the UK, would have known who John Madden, Madden was, yeah. was, unless you actually followed NFL. But apparently in the US, he, he's... Massive. It's like everyone knows him now, but at the time he was massive. And um, well, there's 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 quite an interesting backstory to um, to EA and them convincing John Madden to actually start playing the game. They wanted to take a sevens NFL, or seven seven aside right. NFL game. Too many were like, I'm not I'm not interested unless you're going to play proper full on yeah. proper NFL games because they were like, well, I don't think we'll have the power to do this. But they had to go and figure it out. And having John Madden on board added some authenticity to it. And yeah, he gave it loved some the game as well, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that did wonders for for EA. I guess. Well, again, the the marketed well. I say, I guess in some yeah. ways there's, Proper there's a, decisions to flog you some machines. You no, know, but I guess in some ways, putting, bringing bringing a sports person in, it can either just slap a name on it. Or it can add a bit of integrity to it, can't it? If that person's also a gamer, you know, like you look at Tony Hawk and those Tony Tony Hawk games. The reason those Tony Hawk games are good is not because it's got Tony Hawk's name on it. It's because he played it and went, "No, it's not good enough. It needs to be more like this. It needs to feel more like that." And it was his input that made them good. So I guess it's that same kind of situation, really, isn't it? I think Colin McRae did a similar yeah. thing, didn't he, with Colin McRae Rally, where he'd agreed to put his name yeah. to it, but he played it and went that shit. That made him change things about it. So, but I think but I think John Madden you, must have been the first, though, <laughs> were he? Um, I don't no, know. No, you I had some. You had some of the eighties. Well, I was going to say you had shit like Brian Clough's football fortunes, but he didn't. Yeah, exactly. He didn't <laughs> yeah. fucking know what he was doing, did he? <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but I mean, but it, I suppose you right. It's a first proper, um, proper successful. Yeah, collaboration. Name to bang yeah. on a game to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you had Joe Montana, didn't you, come along as well a little bit later? Joe Montana football. Dan Marino. Was there a Dan Marino one as well? Don't know. He just he just gets embroiled in, in stolen dolphins and stuff, doesn't he, Dan Marino? <laughs> <laughs> Snowflake. Um, but, <laughs> but it wasn't, and it wasn't just you died in the wall gamers, your hardcore importers, your teenagers, your kids as well. There were plenty for the kids. So they had that market sewn up. So you had um, Castle of Illusion, Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion. That's a brilliant, that brilliant. quite a shot. Yeah, that's it's a brilliant, and still it still now. looks beautiful now. Uh, that was one of the first, one of the first games I played. I uh, uh, um, the the bird I had at the time, her brother had one, and it's one of the first games of that sort. Bird. Of, yeah, <laughs> I'm going out with this bird. I'm going out with this bird, but yeah, her brother had one. It was one of the first games I remember actually properly finishing because they were you could never finish them really in them they were quite hard you know but that was one of the ones i remember 
playing from like start to absolute finish and going, well, that was like a really well-balanced game. It were hard, but I did it. Whereas a lot of them, it were hard and I smashed my controller in and I want to kill myself. <laughs> but it, it, looked, but it, it, was, looked... it was it was super Disney, wasn't it? It looked yeah, like yeah. a Disney cartoon. Yeah, totally. And it, yeah, it, it felt like the music was fantastic. It was, I can still remember the music to this day. I'm not going to sing it out, but it's going around in my head now. And I, I, do you know what? Does it I'm go, almost, I'm, I'm almost... Mickey Mouse, I'm Mickey Mouse, I'm in a castle. Meow. No. So something went. something close to that. Maybe <laughs> oh, not exactly yeah. the same, but I'm almost tempted to crack it out now and then play Castle of Illusion. <laughs> say, please don't crack one out now. We're on a webcam thing situation. <laughs> they also, this is when you saw Lion King and Aladdin. Lion King was good as well. And Aladdin. Yep. And Toe Jam and Earl, which was, it That's was kiddish, brilliant. but it was teenager kiddish, but yeah, that was good. And you had for the, for the, Clever people, you had the likes of Echo the Dolphin and Shining Force RPG and Columns and Clacks. So, it, you know, the cerebral games, mm, if yeah. you like. Uh, I can always remember by EA, uh, uh, an isometric fantasy type dungeon crawler called The Immortal. Yeah, with a, the, um, like with death, death on the cover. Like a Grim Reaper yeah. cover. And you were a wizard that uh, went through. You're a wizard. Like a, a, it was like, wow, it's like head over heels. <laughs> yeah, it was some kind of wizard going through the dungeons. A wizard. Was good. So, a wizard. So you've, I, you've, you know, you've not mentioned um, Earthworm Jim. Of course, oh, yeah. Earthworm Jim, yeah. I mean, we could be here forever. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. There's so it's, many, but uh, that, that was always one of my. If I think back to the console, that's that's one of the ones that sticks in my head. What a, There's what very a, few. One of the Chuck things Rock that sticks well, in my head is a lot, a very lot Knives. of very good shoot 'em ups, which is something that we had a very lot of very bad ones in. <laughs> on the Nintendo gone. journey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've yeah. I think we said on the last episode that we. would We'd not had any. Oh, we'd had few, and we just mentioned 1942. and completely forgot about Xevious. Christian P came out and he, he said, I demand my money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. The, the NES very much, the it was full of side-scrolling platformers. Mm. That seemed to be its raison d'etre, didn't it? That's that's just what it... That, that was the, the, the furrow it ploughed. And when it came to shoot 'em ups, they were just a bit poor. Apart from that Konami one, yeah, that we never got to oh, play. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe maybe it's going to swing the other way, and all we'll get on this is shooters. We'll see. Which is no bad thing. Could do with a joystick though. <laughs> I'm um, I'm th- I'm thinking I might get the eight bit door um, wireless Bluetooth Mega Drive controller for the for for all my backups of my physical oh, games yeah, when yeah. I'm playing the ROMs of my actual <laughs> ones that I own. Right, go on yeah. though to, to explain what this is because do I need it? to get one? I won't get one on this island. Oh no, anyway. um, well eight bit eight bit don't make um peripherals and they do a Bluetooth SNES one which is basically a perfect re representation of a SNES controller uh, but it's Bluetooth and it works natively with Windows. So the they make one with um they make a Mega Drive one as well, six button one. Right. Can you I get? I think one. you can with eight bit, dude. You can you get um, Bluetooth where they actually plug into the Mega Drive or the Super Nintendo if you've got them. Probably. Or is it just I don't USB. Know. I don't know either. Seem to think that. Maybe I'm imagining it. But I think you know it's hard to deny that it's a bloody good. Machine. I don't know whether I'm looking forward to it because it's a good machine, or I'm just looking forward to it because it's not a NES. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I just, I just hope we don't end up sullying our memories of it and going. Actually, it wasn't that good at all. We just played the good stuff, and we you stumble across a lot of shit shovelware that nobody actually wanted to play. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, just to just to. To close it off, then I think you can see why it's held in such high regard, though, can't you? Why it's it. I'll look. I'll reserve judgment until we've done twenty-six letters and a number. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not rose tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah, it could be shit tinted glasses by the end of by the time we're done. Yeah. Well, we'll reach out to the uh, 
to the randomizer, shall no, we? For see, fuck's sake. Right. see what we're actually playing. This this is oh, the exciting bit, isn't it? The first one. Make it a good one. I'm quite looking forward yeah. to this, though. Come on, hit, hit me with it, randomizer. Okay. Right, let's see what where he is. Hello. It's not the randomizer this time. It's the randomizer's dad. I'm sick to death of you picking on me, on my son, rather. So I'm going to be doing the randomizing this time. And if you don't like it, you're going to get a random punch in your face, your nuts, and your anal canal. Okay. Right then. So the next game that you absolute shitheads can have is Alien Storm. Oh, wow. <laughs> a storm of aliens. Have that, nobbins. That's a, that's a good start. Don't I'd start. Be. Don't start. Piss off. <laughs> well, I'm not, so, I'm not sure about his action, demeanour, but I'm, up, I'm I'm reasonably happy about his game choice, I think. He's, he's set his dad on us. That was always what <laughs> someone yeah. would use to you with at school, wasn't it? His dad's in the army. Yeah. Well, fucking... My dad's had and your dad. going to get me from Afghanistan then. <laughs> right, yeah. My dad, my dad's gay. My dad will bum your dad. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you, maybe do you think my dad's more random than your dad do you think he'd be more random than the randomizer do you think he's random squared it's a randomizer well, it's a randomizer diluted version of the of random of randomizer. i don't know we don't know yet. we might have, might have mrs randomizer that's a bit random and mr randomizer that's a bit random and the child randomizer we had for the nez was the essence of like super randoms we don't know we'll have to find out I suppose but Alien, Alien Storm I like Alien Storm I've got that's, that's another one I've got I've actually got you've that you've got on, the PCB yeah, yeah. Um, you, what you don't want is a Randy Miser can you have a Randy Miser could you have someone who's miserly but Randy yeah it's like that. come on give us a shag and give seven pens good to shop get me some cigs and I'll rub up against you yeah so any anyway that that's Do you want to get in my van that, is, that is a <laughs> that is a potted history of the Mega Drive. And there's probably loads of people going, yeah, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Well that's what Wikipedia's oh, for, that's where I got most people. of my stuff from. Fuck so go, you. We don't care. Go read that. <laughs> <laughs> but but please but please come back and listen to the first uh, first game. Yeah, don't listen to Despite Mark, what Mark he, said. Yeah, he sometimes has blood sugar, blood, whatever, low yeah, blood sugar. Truth, so yeah. he get he gets a bit angry sometimes. <laughs> so d- d- don't don't feel it. Don't take that personal. It's just no, I do, Mark. do, do. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's that is it for this episode of Pixel Lump Podcast, uh, episode one. Well, it's that yeah, that it's is episode it zero, this episode isn't it? of Pixel Lump Podcast. Episode zero of World Two. Yes, yes. episode zero. Uh, thanks. To thanks whom? to all of you who's downloaded it, and thanks to well to to us for producing it like some kind of sixteen bit owl pellet. <laughs> okay. And if you want to reach out to us, you can grab us on Twitter and Instagram at Pixel Hunt Pod. Uh, you can find us online at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. What's the next bit? <laughs> email. What have we done? <laughs> email. Email. Oh, yeah. You can drop us an email at howdo at pixelhuntpod.com. Maybe some tips on um, professionalism. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, <clears throat> yeah, just on that, with one, one final point on that. As uh, I was streaming the other day on, on my, we all are also on Twitch at forward slash pixelhuntpod, which is where we'll play the featured game. Uh, I was on my personal Twitch stream the other day, and Ed Horse, listener of the pod, he did say, are you going to do any kind of high score tables, you know, ask people to put to submit their scores or whatever? Uh, I don't think there is a score associated with Alien Storm, is there? There might be. Uh, I don't know. Um, not, not in the arcade. You get, you get when you die. You get, um, you, you meet some of the enemies. Um, well, no, no, actually, they're not enemies. They're actually Sega um, characters from various games. Like one, they get the dwarf from Golden Axe, and they all hold up a scoreboard. You like can't a say dwarf now. He's man of, man of limited height or something. <laughs> dwarf. dwarf not. This great little dwarf. 
right. holds up your scoreboard and, and well, a few of them, like, I don't know, Dancing on Ice or something, you know, but you don't actually get a points score. So if we were going to do that, we can't do it for this game. And I feel like it's stepping a little bit on the um, Tempens Arcade Toes. Well, no, no, absolutely. We're not going to do a, a high score challenge and a, and a countdown from top to bottom and, and who wins the scores and stuff like that. But I think what we're saying is send us an email, send us some voice clips, send us, send us whatever, whatever you think of Alien Storm and we'll we'll drop it in, we'll read it out. Don't uh, send any you... more of them flaming doctors from a letterbox though. No, don't send me any more um, CDI games. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just reach out, drop us an email. It's always nice to hear back from people. Or hit us up on Twitter or, or Facebook. We're over there as well. Just, we're here to listen. I'm not. But Even they if will. you're talking shit. Yeah, Mark's not. Mark's not. He's got, look, Mark he's got low listen. blood sugar. Just, just <laughs> try not to let him get under your skin. But yeah, <laughs> until next time, keep on keeping on. We are. Pixel Hunt Podcast, playing the games so you don't have to. Sega, to be this good takes ages. To have a podcast this good takes ages. 